Hey, you're listening to Podcast Rewind with Erica Jarvis and Amy Randolph. This is the podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Enjoy. Welcome to Podcast Rewind, episode 12. Ooh, 12. I almost said 11. You're I, right, it's you know 12. what? In my head just now, I had to stop and go, Amy, it's not 11, it's, it's 12. 12. And like I just said, my name is Amy. Amy <laughs> Randolph, your co-host of Podcast Rewind. And with me this week, as always, is... Erica Jarvis. Hey, guys. Uh, you may know me from podcasting with Amy, or maybe you checked me out <laughs> once or twice on my blog, My Revamp Life, but I've plugged on this show every single week. It's a basically a drinking game. Okay. You said that the other day. Like, uh-huh. anytime Erica says, like, My Revamp Life, take a drink. But then I thought about it. I often listen to podcasts while driving at oh, work. Yeah, maybe Let's not promote drinking and driving, drinking and podcasting. No, I actually well, promote that. You could keep a tally and drink when you get home. Oh, yeah, that too. Or, or a nice to coffee, a hot coffee, <laughs> drink at work, do yeah, what you got to do. Drink your water. But <laughs> yeah, here at Podcast Rewind, we have some drinks and we talk about podcasts. We do. What are you drinking this week? Amy, I am drinking cheers. Cheers. Out of my Drunkasode wine glass. Oh. I know. Um, I'm having a Smoking Loon Cab Sav. Um, funny story about this. It's mm-hmm. one of the first red wines I learned to like after college. Oh, I yeah, was yeah. waitressing at a restaurant in St. Augustine, and when people would say, like, oh, what wine do you recommend with this fancy Italian dinner? I would right. be like, oh, you know, I just graduated, like, really, Franzi is all I know. <laughs> and the bar manager grabbed me one night and was like, you know what, why don't you stay after work and let me teach you some wine? So this was the first red I ever learned to like, because I always used to describe red wine as hairspray <laughs> It's definitely not. And now it's one of my favorites. Aerosol-like. <laughs> what are you drinking? Anyways, I'm also drinking a red. I'm having Pinot Noir. It's Woodbridge. It's not like a super high shelf red wine, but it gets the job done. I just have to say, it gets the job done and it is freezing outside, so you need to oh. do what you can to stay warm. Some people drink tea. We drink red wine. Look, can I just bitch and moan about the weather? Yes. I know. I get it. I'm in Florida and I shouldn't complain because our weather is mostly gorgeous. Yep. But... I'm in Florida, and the weather is mostly gorgeous, and I can't take this shit anymore. We generally get, like, a cold snap of, like, one or two days, but we are rocking a solid week of this. I don't think I have enough sweaters. I definitely don't have any gloves. It's Mm -hmm. just every scarf, every hat, every sweater I own has come out of the woodwork, and I might repeat it next week if it doesn't get warmer. Yeah, just keep the laundry going, because we do not have enough warm clothes to battle this frigid yeah, and like when we something. say cold, I mean, my brother lives in Tallahassee. He got snow yeah. the other day. No, like We're talking, you know, the lows are like, if it was raining, it would snow. It's sure. cold here, guys. Ugh. All right, so let's stop complaining and talk about good obsessions. Good obsessions. What do you have? I am obsessed this week with The Bachelor returning <laughs> Monday nights at 8 yes. on ABC. Tune in. So, okay, I mean, The Bachelor, not everyone is a big fan I've been a fan since the beginning, and let's talk about how The Bachelor, say what you will about it, but it is the OG dating reality show. Oh, it is. I, do you remember, I, I remember driving in the car and listening to the radio, to the, the local DJs um, up where I grew up in Big Rapids, Michigan, they're like, get this. This new reality show is coming out where these women are all going to show up, date the same guy, (laughs) and he's going to give them, like, roses and kick them off one by one. And even back in high school, I was like, I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. I remember watching in the first season, the guy, you know, was technically a millionaire. And, you know, we then had Andrew Firestone. We've had, like, you know, legit millionaires. And now it's, like, Joe fucking Schmo, who was hot on last season that didn't win a rose in the final end, and he's your new bachelor. Right. Now, look. Bachelor producers have biffed. They have Nick biffed. Vile was a bad choice. It was vile. It was vile. <laughs> uh, but I've got hopes for Aerie and some of these vapid girls he's going to have to get rid of. But look, I am I'm here for The Bachelor this year. I totally like that. And, you know, I'm a hate watcher. And I caught you watching it the other day and I was like, all right. Who's that? What, do right? we, we hate her immediately, right? And you just have to respect the OG of the dating show. You absolutely If do. nothing else, it gets respect. Nice. Well, um, 
I'm obsessed with something this week, but it is not television, oh. not entertainment focused, truly. But this morning I got a it does not compute. This morning I got a text message from a good friend of mine. Uh, we used to work together back in the day, and um, she messaged me and was like, "Hey, any chance you want to go see the Solar Bear hockey game today?" Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh. My only plan was to sit around and listen to podcasts. Hell yeah. So I said yes. And I had a really fun time. And we got to watch the game in a suite. So tons of free yummy food, free drinks. And so, you know, every 2018, or I'm sorry, every New Year's resolution, I think we're all saying things like, let's say yes more. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, what am I going to do today? Good job. I love it when I get myself in that world of say yes to uh-huh. my new things because I'm so rarely disappointed. Well, if you want me to take it back to entertainment, I believe Bethany Frankel from Housewives wrote a book like A Place of Yes. Truthy too. So Truthy-tude. we are definitely coming from a place of yes and a place of podcasts. Podcasts. Yes. So Amy, I am <clears> going <throat> to kick it off this week. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to surprise you. I am doing another podcast from Love and Radio. Love and Radio. And so I've said... They owe us some sponsorship money at this point. They absolutely do. Something totally just broke in the kitchen. Something did. Um, It's a big cat, too. (laughs) Yes. I just saw the little one running to check out the, like, scene. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Love and Radio definitely owes us some cash for all of the times I talk about them. And one of my favorite things that I've said about this is you just don't know what you're going to get in regards to love. And you're always looking at a podcast that's less than half an hour. Mm -hmm. So I found out about this one called The Living Room. And this one is um, an older one. It was from March of 2015. Okay. But I heard about it on The Bitch Sash. Um, Danielle Danielle and Casey were talking about like, oh, I finally listened to The Living Room. It's won all of these awards. It's so phenomenal. So I went back. And that's the first Love and Radio podcast I ever listened to. And that's what got me hooked. So it's your OG. It's my OG. So um, this one, The Living Room, like I said, it's um, a story from this woman, Diane's perspective, and she is talking to an interviewer who clips in sporadically with just a question to maybe keep the conversation going. So Diane is talking to her about how she's lived in this apartment in New York City for 15 to 20 years, and um, she, in her living room, has three huge bay windows. Lucky girl. I know, right? She lives with her husband, and at the point in the story, they are parents to a toddler, so they are just, you know, run ragged, tired, and right. really adjusting to life as parents. And one day, in walking through her living room, she notices across the courtyard, so her apartment overlooks this huge garden that takes up about a block or so. Oh. And then there's another apartment at the other end. Okay. And she realizes, like, oh, my God. My living room and that apartment's living room are on the same floor, <laughs> and I can see in. I've lived here so long. Why have I not noticed? And then she realized these are new tenants, uh-huh. and they never put up curtains or blinds or anything. So she calls it like basically a movie screen into this couple's lives. Right. So she talks about this young couple that lives across the way from her. She assumes they're in their like you know mid twenties. They're young. And they have pushed their bed up against their bay windows. And so she's thinking that they have a very similar style house and that they're using the living room as their bedroom. So they must have another roommate. And so the living room is like their bedroom. So they've pushed their bed up against this bay window. So when they're laying down, she can see like the top of their heads. Mm, I bet she sees lots of stuff. Amy, she sees a lot of stuff. That is correct. So she talks about how like, yes, she's never noticed this before and realizes this beautiful couple is naked a lot. Hey. And doing what naked people do when they are in Sexy love. Sexy time. Sexy time. And so all of a sudden, it's like all she can watch. Uh, is yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Free porn. <laughs> right? Free porn. You know, such a voyeuristic perspective. But she's also like, uh, I don't want my husband also watching oh, yeah. this. No, no. Right? Baby, close your eyes. Baby, close your eyes. So um, she talks about how she gets really upset. Like, why don't they have curtains? You know, should she put a sign in her window like, fucking get curtains, get blinds. (laughs) I can see you. I can see you. So she talks about how, like, maybe should she go over to that apartment complex and say, I think the unit on the third floor that overlooks the garden should maybe get some fucking blinds. Like, she doesn't know where they are in their building. And when she does go over there, all of their units just have numbers that have names on it. So she really doesn't know what she's looking at. Yeah. And so she then starts to put two and two together that this couple who is just so in love so naked, just, you know, (laughs) is such a reminder to her and her husband of what they don't have anymore because they're tired and their parents and things like that. So um, 
Aww. I know. But so then the interviewer kind of pops in and is like, do you think anyone else could see them? If you could. And she was like, I had a couple of friends in the complex and nobody could get that direct line of vision the way I could. So I really felt like this was, you know, almost like a personal thing. Like this is just part of my life that mm-hmm. I can see this couple. And so she's like, you know, I'm such a private person. Should I be looking away from them? Like, should I'm yeah, kind of prudish, like, what should I be doing? And I wondered to myself, where are your curtains? Why don't you close them? But yeah. do you have to close your curtains? Because they don't. You deserve to have that sunlight in, too. Yeah. So it's it, a beautiful garden that she's overlooking. She doesn't want to be shut out yeah, all the time. Yeah, exactly. So then she says, this is her life for about two years. Just seeing this couple come and go and stuff. And then um, one morning she wakes up and there is a light on in their bedroom and nobody there. And that light stays on the bedroom for about a week. Okay. The couple is not there. Oh, okay. And so she was like, well, this is really weird. And about a week later or so, maybe 10 days, the girlfriend comes back. And he's not there. So she's like, oh, they broke up. I didn't think they would stay together. Young couple. Like, you're going to do what they do. And so um, eight months later, she sees, like, she just ignores the window and ignores them. Eight months later, she looks over and there is a... Another woman in the apartment, in that living room, but and she's also naked. These oh, couple okay. really liked not wearing clothes. Some people, it's that yeah, way. totally weird. Um, you do you. So this woman is like naked in like the window and heavier and just sad and just like staring down onto the street of New York and she just like is really taken by her. And then a couple nights later, another man comes into the apartment and he is frail thin. Mm-hmm. And she realizes it's the same couple. Oh my god. Oh. I think he's sick. Oh. And he was gone for so long, probably in a hospital, hospital. going through chemo. Mm -hmm. That one night where that light was on it, you know, and the apartment was empty, they must have, something must have happened and they realized he was sick and rushed him to the hospital. So this woman is just putting their lives, a story to their lives because she truly doesn't know. Right. Yeah. And so um, she realizes and just continues to watch them like, you know. He's laying in bed all day, covered in blankets, and then next, you know, rips them all off and is just like, you can tell he's probably going through mm-hmm. some things. And so she talks about how, like, you know, she shouldn't have been voyeuristic, but maybe she also shouldn't have got out her binoculars. Oh, yeah. I mean, Crazy. like, it does get a little weird that, you know, she really is diving deep into this couple's life. And so um, she works from home, this woman, Diane, and so she really does just get to see this couple and realizing that the girlfriend has a job she's up she's out and he's just kind of by himself all day and so she talks about how like you know they went away for Christmas for 10 days and that's all she thought about like will he be there when I get back are they okay and was like Mm -hmm. crazy worried about them so like I said she got out her burning binoculars and watched and then realized after the holidays a lot of people were over a woman who appeared to be a mom age Mm -hmm. um, a younger man who appeared to be a brother oh my god they're coming to say goodbye Oh, no. And then she talks about how she can sort of see into the apartment below them. And this, you know, couple that lives in that apartment is having quite a large gathering and dinner with friends. And just, like, they have no idea what's going on upstairs. Feet away. Wow. Yeah. perspective. Exactly. It's like they have no idea what is going on upstairs. But she just continues to sit and watch all night. People come and go saying goodbye to him. And then it gets down to the point where... It's just what she believes is the mom and the girlfriend laying in bed with him. Oh, it's God. Oh. heartbreaking. And she gets to the point where she realizes she really felt like watching this couple in the beginning for those first two years, this young love, they're not going to stay together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happens. Oh, my God, I think I'm actually witnessing a really beautiful love story, this girl by her, you know, boyfriend's side, yeah. talking about how she just watched her stroke his face, like, all night and, like, touch his forehead and then wipe away tears and how um, she realized it was getting to the end. And so, you know, she went to bed, and when she woke up, he had passed, and she could just tell based on, like, watching what was happening in their mm-hmm. living room. And so she goes on to do some things that are, you know – interesting that I kind of have a little question marks about like she watches the coroner come in and you know take him away and then get so upset that she like in her pajamas throws on some boots and goes running down the street and happens to like be at that apartment entrance when like the body is coming out and being loaded into the ambulance 
And, like, she locks eyes with the girlfriend who she's never met. Right. And, like, the, you know, paramedics are like, this fucking rubbernecker. Like, how disgusting are you? And it is a little. It is. And so she just, you know, was like, oh, my God. And just, like, flips around, comes running back home. And is just, yeah, I know, just dealing with all of this stuff and realizing, am I gross? But, you know, when he passed, they all believed it was mom, girlfriend, and the guy but mm-hmm. she was like no I was part of that I was part of his death and that was mm. weird to hear because they didn't invite you in yeah and so you know she talks about that too about how like I didn't want this but they didn't get curtains so what is the right answer here and so of course the interviewer is like you know what would you do if you met her would you say anything and she's like what would I say hi I've been stalking you for years yeah, at that point, you can't. You can't nope. say anything. And so she then continues to say, you know, she did do some research in the obituaries, never could find anybody that fit the description that she had in her head of this guy. But that she remembered when she first moved to that apartment, you know, 15, 20 years ago, she lived with a roommate. Mm-hmm. And the living room was her bedroom. And she put a bed next to the window. And she lived her life carefree. And maybe other people kind of watched her, too. Yeah. And so she said, you know, she's still, the woman still lives in the apartment and, you know, she will see her like on the roof of the apartment with a girlfriend doing yoga or having a dance party in her bedroom. And she's like, I just want her to know that somebody out there is so fiercely protective and wants really great things for you. Aww. And so, I mean, you hear her crying and like choked up through the wow. whole podcast. Like I said, it won um, awards from Wired and The Atlantic for like, you know, best story. Hmm. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is it a story or is it real? Wait, I thought it was real the whole time. Is this fictional? Same, and they never <gasps> tell you it's not. Wait, but I did some digging. Oh, oh, ooh, you Because I was like, oh, you know, they won an award. Let me do a little bit of yeah, digging. How do we get <laughs> I won an award. And so people are kind of irate about this podcast, saying, like, okay, got some questions for you, Diane. Uh, if. Oh. You lived in your living room. How did you not think, like, that back, they see you back? That they see you back. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, if you lived That's in my first your, question. right? If you lived in your living room as a bedroom when you first got there, how are you so dumb to then, like, now be mad at these kids for doing the same thing? And then, like, okay, so you have a direct line into their apartment. How did you see to the book? To the apartment below you. You don't have a direct line into that apartment. Mm-hmm. How did you watch her do yoga on the roof? Mm-hmm. And so, like, all of these things, people are like, I think this is a real, like, it's a story. I think it's, you know, fiction. fiction. And for her to be, like, crying and teared up through it. And, like, the, when you go back and listen to the podcast, which I really recommend everyone does, you can get it on Stitcher, you know, iTunes, wherever you can find Love and Radio. Listen to it. But then go back with, like, a question mark in your head. Yeah. I think she may not be telling the truth because as I was doing some digging on to, you know, um, her Diane, she's like a screenwriter. Mm. And this is a beautiful story, but it does have a hole or two. You know who needs to get to the bottom of this? Who? Oprah. Oh, yeah, Oprah. She destroyed that. James Fry, was that his name, that wrote A Million Little Pieces? Oh, yeah. And pretended it was about his life, but he it was uh-huh. loosely Loose based, but mostly fiction. And she had him on, and he made her cry. Uh-huh. And then she figured out he was a liar face. And brought him back and yelled yell at him. him. <laughs> like a boss. Oprah needs to get on this for yeah. us. Yeah. I didn't know what to think. Like, when I first heard it, it, like, destroyed me. But then I also had so many questions. Like, how dare you, you know, watch this? The minute you knew that that guy was dying, you needed to close your curtains yeah. and back out. And then to put yourself in his death, like, his death was his mom, his girlfriend, and me. I don't Fuck like you. that. No, I don't like no. that. No. That's why I was just like, whoa, wait a minute. You're and then a if this is fake, how dare Love and Radio position it mm-hmm. as a podcast? But then they did say, you know, a story. I can't remember if they said, like, a true real-life story. They just said a story, you know, told by so-and-so. I don't know. I had a lot of questions about it. Now that I did some digging, and I was like, wait a minute. And if it is a story, good, because I really don't want to know that somebody out there watched another man die and felt, like, personally sad and had, like, affected them. 
Yeah, I, I also feel like I do need to listen to it because my reaction is you telling me the story is no, Diane, fucking turn around, take care of your kid or cook right. dinner or something. Who's taking care of your toddler right. during this time? Who's teaching them to read and write? Yeah, but mm-hmm. but I can tell you know like the way you tell it that it's very emotional of a listening experience. So oh, it is. I. Mm. Interesting. Well, I think we did learn today, always put up curtains. Always put up Just curtains. Just go ahead and put them up. I mean, I know in your bedroom you keep your curtains closed. Oh, I have to have curtains. I need a, <laughs> I need a dark place to sleep. And see, I need all of the light in the world, and it's like, oh... If I'm just, like, in my room walking around, you know. Get one of those, like, white gauzy ones. So, like, the sun can <laughs> come in. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if I'm sitting in my room reading or listening to podcasts and, like, you know, taking down notes, does somebody think I'm journaling up there? Like, what are people thinking <laughs> when they walk by and see me in my bedroom? And are they creating stories about me? Probably. Yeah, I think we all do. Like, when you're yeah. people watching. Well, I mean, yeah, we're both people watchers, and, you know, you and I definitely watch people walking around the apartment complex, and like, all right, what is the story of that dude? <laughs> yes. What is the story of the dude that never puts his shirt on? He's just walking around shirtless so all the time, and it's, he's not hot. He's no right to be doing it. Like, why? He's what always is the story? walking his dog in, like, shorts, no shirt, no shoes. No shoes. <laughs> you just see him out the window, you're like, my God, man, it's yeah. cold out. It, I... Well, I hope yeah, in this so temperature all, he's wearing a shirt. I mean, we all notice the people that live around us, but mm-hmm. I don't get emotionally attached and feel like I'm involved. Exactly. In their lives. Yeah, that's why this one was really interesting. The more I like did some digging. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So Amy, do you have anything voyeuristic for me? Um, no. I well, I mean, it, yeah, some of it kind of is. Oh, really? In this story. Oh, cool. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going back to true crime. Big um, I'm going to talk about a podcast that I listened to for the first time this week called Sword and Scale. Okay. Sword um, and Scale. Sword and Scale. So I think uh, like Lady Liberty, she holds she holds like the uh-huh. sword with the scale on either side. It's yeah. a justice thing. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I, I just have to say that I like this podcast very much, but it's got the creepiest fucking logo. Oh, really? It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. The logo is like... A pink circle with the sword and the scale in it. Okay. okay makes sense. It. But then for some reason, a creepy, like, one of those shiny baby dolls. <gasps> no. That, like, if you shake it, like, it blinks its eyes. No. Like, its face just in the corner. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it needs to stop. <laughs> Somebody has got to rethink that logo. Because it's no bueno. It's fucking creepy. Which is why I think I've never listened to it. Yeah. Until now, it's been on my list because... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you judge a podcast by its cover? I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. Anything that puts a weird, creepy baby doll yeah, with no explanation no. on it, I get to judge. <laughs> 100%. I get to judge. But I liked this podcast very much. So just go ahead, blink when you click on it, and then, you know, <laughs> hide, hide, the, Close your eyes. hide the icon on your phone and yes. give it a listen. Um, so the host is Mike Boudet. I dig Mike. He's dry. He's not here to make jokes. Um, about murder, but he, uh, such a funny subject. He's a, he was a really good host. So I gotta say this story just, it boils my blood as much as it breaks my heart. Oh, so uh, the, the person at the center of this who, um, dies unfortunately is Alice Ruggles. Okay. Um, the show opens, the podcast opens, uh, you're hearing a voicemail. And it's a guy, and he's talking to Alice, and he's saying, I'm so sorry for what I did. I've just left flowers and chocolates on your doorstep. Please call what? me back and let me apologize. So if I weren't already tipped off because I know I'm listening to a murder podcast. That's the murderer? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but I might think like, oh, oh, this guy fucked up, but here he is, like, leaving flowers and chocolates. That's what, you know, romantically you're supposed to yep. do when you fuck up. Um, but like I said, I'm tipped off. I know that I'm listening to a Your true murder. crime podcast, so like this guy's probably a creep. Uh huh. Um, oh, also, I wanted to mention the the tagline, which they say several times, but they don't say it until a couple minutes into the show. Yeah. I kind of love this: the Sword and Scale, a show that reveals that the worst monsters are real. Ooh. Like, I love that tagline. Okay, so anyway, moving on. So it is 2015. Alice is working in Newcastle, England. That's where she lives. Oh, I love their um, beer. Yep, great beer. Oh, we should have been drinking that tonight. <laughs> Fuck, fifth it. <laughs> um, and she meets via Facebook a man named uh, Tremont Dillon. He goes by Harry. So he grew up... <laughs> I would. Yeah, right? He grows up in India. He's got a very religiously conservative family. Okay. And so was always real buttoned down in his childhood. 
uh, he goes to college in Scotland and wiles the fuck out, mm-hmm. opens up, discovers booze, and <laughs> has a great time in college, and then joins the British Army. Um, so he meets her while well, he's actually deployed in Afghanistan because they have a mutual friend and that friend posted a picture of her and he commented like, that's the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh, and she's nice lying. Nice, right? Dang, so she's son. flattered. Dang, Harry. She's flattered and they start talking over Facebook. Okay. So he comes home from deployment in January of 2016 and moves back to Scotland. So they continue their relationship and they meet up, but they, they do live two and a half miles apart so it's still kind of not two and a half miles I'm sorry two and a half hours (laughs) a two and a half hour drive apart so it's still kind of a long distance relationship but when she meets him I mean he's very charming and so they do start dating (sighs) but it's not too long in until he starts getting super controlling Uh oh true colors yep true colors come out he checks her phone all the time he tells her what to wear he does that thing where he's like you're not making a good enough effort for me to do your hair and makeup. So if she dolls herself up, he's like, oh, you're going to go out? What man is that for? And you got all... Just dick. Uh, just dick. So, um, and he also, he does that bullshit where he's jealous of every man that talks to her, but he wants to tell her how he's being hit on by all these women. No. Try to get her jealous. Just, oh, it makes you so mad. So, uh Summer of 2016, she finds out that he's cheating on her. Of course So he Alice is. does the right thing. She's had enough, and she breaks up with him. Good. You'd think he'd be fine, because he's got side chick, right? Yeah. Well, no. He does not take this breakup lying down. Oh. This motherfucker uses nudes against her. It's 2015. He um, hacks into all of her social media and email accounts, and so is watching all of the private messaging that she's doing. He's obsessively texting her, writing her letters and poems. He sends FB, uh, FB Facebook messages to, like, her mom begging mom to, like, intervene and oh. also soothe him during his rough time. He's just fucking gross. Gross. Um, and so then it's September of 2015. So this has been going on for a couple of months. And poor Alice is feeling it. She's starting to become more introverted and less oh. outgoing because it's constant beratement from him That's all horrible. of the time. But something good happens for our Alice. Yeah. She meets a new guy. Oh, good. She meets Mike. Mike's also in the British Army. And she actually, he lives in Germany. I don't know why she keeps dating. Oh, my God. Deployed, Alice. Um, British <laughs> Army men. But, but we like Mike. We okay. like Mike. She meets him because her sister lives in Germany and she goes to visit for a couple of days and meets Mike. And yeah. we're happy. Europe with Mike. is so like America. Like, oh, right? yeah, no, he lives in Georgia. No big deal. Exactly. Oh, no, he lives he in, in Germany. Germany. Yeah. So um, I wrote my notes. Dickhead Harry is watching <laughs> her email. Huh? So he doesn't take too long to find out about Mike. I'm changing my email passwords after this, by right? the way. Right? Oh, shit. Don't send nudes, by the way. Yeah, Just don't no. do it. It's not a good idea. Um, so. Dickhead Harry um, contacts Mike and pulls this shit like, oh, hey, man, I found out you're dating Alice. I guess she hasn't told you. She's still in love with me. She still texts me that she loves me all the time. And then he got on that WhatsApp app and made up like a fake fake conversation between the two of them and sent it to Mike like, look, man, we're still in a relationship. Just thought you should know. And it works for a little bit. And poor Alice is destroyed, but Mike comes around and realizes, yeah, douche canoe Harry is a loser. Douche and canoe. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm just like, coming a, up with is it. Is that a new word? I'm so mad at Harry. That was like I'm a German gonna... word for a second. Yeah. I'm so mad at Harry. So Mike sticks with her, which is awesome. So yay, Mike. And good for Alice. She's starting to bounce back. Yeah. So now Alice is getting her groove back. Getting her groove back. So now it's September 30th. It's a Friday night. Alice is home by herself. Goes to bed early. Um, he shows up at her house. A two and a half hour, or two and a half hour, yes. yeah. Drive away, shows up, and this is where he's left the flowers and the chocolate. Oh, and the this is the voicemail. This is that night that we opened the podcast with. Uh, and he's trying to apologize and say he's so sorry for not leaving her alone. You know how you make it up to someone when you haven't left them alone? <laughs> leave by them leaving alone. them the fuck alone. Leave her alone, Harry. She doesn't want to talk to you, Harry. Knock it off. You're broken up. 
<laughs> so she um, finally calls the police after this. And friends have been encouraging her to for a while. Yeah. She calls the police and I'm going to get mad fucking again. So she calls the police and poor thing. She's 23. She doesn't know much about the legal system. So she calls up and she's like, hi, my, my ex-boyfriend. Okay, I'm done. I'm done, done with the accents. Don't, don't just destroy go. Alice. Okay. Hi, my ex-boyfriend just was at my house uninvited. He left flowers and chocolates. He knocked on all the windows and all the doors and... He's been sending me a lot of harassment lately. What can be done? And the police are just very like, well, you know, you could do a couple things. And they give her a couple of options. Like, you can go to a solicitor, we would call him a lawyer, Uh and um, put in a restraining order. Or we can do this thing that evidently they do in England called a pin. So the police will issue a pin to Harry, which is basically them telling Harry, Alice called the police on you. And now you can't contact her. So it's like a temporary restraining order. Okay. No contact order. Got it. And the operator just kind of says, so what do you want to do? And she's like, um, uh, send the pin, I guess. And then he's also, I mean, this woman is claiming harassment. And he had just been at her house. Uh-huh. And they're like, we'll come by tomorrow afternoon-ish to get a no. statement. Yeah, come on. Oh. Come on. So they do send him the pin. So, if you're a crazy motherfucker... And I get a pin? And I get a pin that someone's called the police on me, you think it's going to calm me down? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, you'd be wrong. <laughs> uh, it didn't work for shithead Harry, because the next week on October 7th, she has to call again to report a violation, because he sent a box of, like, diaries that he wrote Ooh. while they were together, letters that she wrote him while they were together, and pictures so to like, send this box to her house. Just, ugh, stop it. So she calls and reports the violation, and the operator is just a fucking idiot. They actually played, like, these um, calls. They're called 999 calls over there. Okay. No, 901s. Because 999 is the emergency. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, she, the operator's like, okay, what's your name again? And who's this guy again? And you know what? And she's like, mm, I called. There's a pin. Like, look in the system. Yeah. But again, you know, she's, she's 23 and just not used to this. Yeah. She's not, she doesn't like a, a know your rights kind of gal. Exactly. And know how to take charge of this and handle it. She even says to her sister, they'll fucking respond when he fucking stabs me. So she oh. knows that this guy is dangerous. Yeah. And in fact, the roommate claims, uh, Alice's roommate um, claims that she, Alice heard, played for her voicemails from Harry saying, look, I don't want to kill you. I don't want to have to kill you, okay? Oh. So it's, he's, not hiding what he's going to do. Yeah. And on October 12th, um, Mike was coming that weekend to spend the weekend with her. And they were texting. She was trying on dresses when she had gotten home from work that day. And um, she stopped responding to Mike. Uh-huh. And, you know, Mike didn't really say anything. So they'd just been texting back and forth a little bit. But, oh, God, this is the horrible part. Her roommate comes home from work and discovers her covered in blood on the bathroom floor. Oh, my God. Um, please don't so ever get... preventable. Please don't ever get a crazy boyfriend and no. force me to have to come home and find you please. like that. Please. Yeah. Um, step one, get step boyfriend. One. <laughs> Sorry. So poor Maxine has to call and report um, this, and the police come, and immediately, everybody, that night, Maxine says on the phone, because I heard that call too, Harry did it. Her ex-boyfriend yeah. is crazy, and he did it. They have to notify her family, and immediately the family's like, Harry, Harry must have done this. Oh. Um, do you want to hear something really fucking disgusting about shithead Harry? So he had driven the two and a half hours that afternoon, uh-huh. and was sitting in his car outside of her house, waiting for her to get home. And then that's when he climbed in into the window. Meanwhile, while he's waiting in the car, motherfucker is on Tinder <gasps> and met up or like found a girl and they were about to meet up and he actually sends her a message, I should be free in about 20 to 30 minutes. <gasps> Fucking disgusting. Oh, no. Gross. Gross. So um, in that 20 or 30 minutes, he climbed Murder. in through an open window and he stabbed her 24 times. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, immediately they all know it's Harry. Thankfully, uh, the early morning hours of October 13th, so just hours after he did it, they caught him. Um, Jackass claims self-defense. What? Okay, Harry. You you climbed in her window. Yeah, you showed up uninvited. You have no injuries. Not a scratch on you. 
And he's trying to claim that he was, I mean, he says he was there and that he had to kill her because she was attacking him and that he was heartbroken and devastated. Well, not enough to call her an ambulance, did you, motherfucker? Yeah. So, no. So he is convicted. And there's one more thing to that just infuriates me. He was convicted and he only got 22 years. What? 22 years. That's For disgusting. Stalking and murder. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking ridiculous. That, and that's why I get so mad. There are so many chances the police could have helped yes. her. Yes. And uh, I don't, well, obviously, I don't blame the victim at all. I no. feel so much for her. At 23, you you don't even know that the sense of danger that you should have had in yeah. this situation. You, you don't know that you should have done more. Um, I mean, she obviously did tell her friends and family, so yeah. they knew. But again, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. So, sword and scale, um, and I got to say, back to our host, Mike Boudet, he was talking a lot like I am, but just a lot less um, fucks (laughs) involved. Yeah. He was like, and this next call will make you furious. And then he would play. And it did make me furious. And it did. That's so crazy. You know, um, the Golden Globes are tonight, and there's a huge movement tonight called Time's Up. And so all of the women going to the Golden Globes are wearing black. They're wearing these pins, Time's Up, and they, um, celebrities, you know, have raised 15 to 20 million dollars to help women mm-hmm. who need legal representation but can't exactly. afford it right. with any kind of harassment in any form and it's just like time's fucking up. Yes. You know what I mean like Harry you came in a little too soon but you know shit is done. You've got so many podcasts out now, you know, screaming from the top of their lungs, women be safe, be strong, stay sexy, fuck politeness, mm-hmm. don't, don't get, get murdered. murdered. And in stuff like this, the reason the, these stories need to continue to be told is so people know. You have to believe women. Mm-hmm. At the first drop of that pin, somebody should have been there immediately. Getting more of a restraining order on him. The you know? police should have protected her. They should exactly. have put a watch outside her home. Exactly. Let's not pretend women are just crying wolf. They yeah. are crying about to get murdered. And I do want to say and want to point out that um, this type of behavior does happen uh, uh, perpetuated by women as well. Yeah. Women do this to men. Jodi Arias is a very famous oh, example. Yeah. She basically did the same thing. Stalked the shit out of oh, that yeah. dude and, and stabbed him. In the shower. In the shower. So, Such yeah, in one. the bathroom. So, it, it's... I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I just want to point out that it yeah. can happen gender oh, yeah, opposite and that anybody who's claiming... Um, the psychopath is stalking me needs to be taken seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Whew. I got a couple goosebumps when you were telling that story. It was really, really tragic because it's so fucking preventable. Exactly. That's what's so angersome to me about it. Do you think you're going to go back and listen to other episodes of his? So, well, the reason I listened to it, um, to be honest, is another podcast that I listened to. Oh, I wanted to bring this up in my obsession. Oh. Um, the, a Bachelor podcast that I listened to, she said that she's a co-host on this show. Okay. I didn't hear her, so I don't know. Maybe she doesn't do all the episodes. Oh, or maybe. Maybe they sick. bounce back and forth. Like, maybe. he took this one, she'll take a different yeah. one. so I'm going to try to keep listening. Um, yeah, okay, so the Rose Pricks Bachelor recap blog uh-huh. is fantastic. Uh-huh. I just, I meant, oh shit, I meant to say this during the uh, okay. sessions earlier, but half of the other co-host is Ronnie, our buddy from Watch What Happens. So it's it's a good time. There, I lighten things back up. Yeah, but you did. Well, you know what? Um, do you want to slide into some pop-ups? Let's slide on in. So I've got two this week, so if I can start. I, um... Follow this girl on Instagram. Her her Instagram handle is The Champagne Diet, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds fully great support. to me. Fully support. And it's basically about living an effervescent, bubbly lifestyle. So not Cute. necessarily chug champagne all day long, but what gives you that effervescent zest bubble for life. Mm-hmm. And so she also has a podcast called Style Your Mind. And it's on my list of like boss podcasts to check out in 2018. So I gave a listen to her most recent episode, and it's called... Dry January. <laughs> Pulling out the notes. Look Pulling it out the notes. It's called Dry January, and it's episode 71. Uh-huh. And so she talks about in this, when I wanted to talk about it because it's January. I know a lot of people that are doing Dry January. I gave mm-hmm. it a solid 24 hours. Yeah. But after this podcast, I actually really might consider a long look at something like this. She mm-hmm. just talks about like getting to know her relationship with alcohol and what was it doing for her, and it was just feeding her too much and she wasn't relying on her own self to get her through and not like you know she woke up in the morning and needed alcohol but it was just like at night that one drink turned into a bottle and like that click over into um satiation you know what I mean like feeling like oh 
I'm good now, was taking longer and longer. And so she just said how, you know, for a couple of years she was completely sober and it changed her life. And then she was like, I can have a drink again and just started trickling back in. So she just talks about how, you know, in this podcast, it explains a little bit more about on her blog talking about a dry January situation. So if anybody's looking to, you know, reevaluate, you know, how they drink or are really interested in dry January and want tips and tricks, Ah. listening to this is going to be really helpful. It talks about some different cocktails that you could do when you're out and about at a restaurant. Like, you can still go to a happy hour and you can drink. It doesn't have to have alcohol in it. And just kind of cooks you back over to her blog. So, like I said, I know some people who toy around with that idea. So, if they're interested in learning more and kind of, um, I think she's even got a Facebook group okay. where you can go and really share a lot of tips and have conversation with people. So, like I said, if anyone's interested, it's a really cool one to listen to. I should check it out. I'm always looking to uh, make sure that I'm keeping on the straight and narrow. <laughs> right. Well, I get to. If, if you do abuse it, you will lose it. Right. And I don't want to be a quitter. I don't so. want to be a quitter. <laughs> so, yeah, just you got to always kind of. Be mindful Absolutely. Of, of the intake of the yes, the beautiful, beautiful liquid that is alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay, I got a pop up that I, I listened to like while we were on holiday break and really, really liked it. It's about twenty minutes long. Super. Well, like I said, holiday break. Like we really we did the entire time. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we took some days off. Yeah. I kind of met from... I think, like, once you've done that in college, you just forever, like, oh, what are you doing for the holiday break? Well, and, like, Working. don't I work as hard the last <laughs> no, weeks of December right. than I do, you know, the rest of the year? Probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hear Probably you. Probably not. Um, so okay. what do you listen to? This podcast is a Radiolab Presents mm. More Perfect. Radiolab Presents Love and Radio, too. Hey, how mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. So this podcast is called More Perfect, and it's a deep dive into... Sounds boring, but stay with me. Deep dive into the Supreme Court and how nine people basically affect so much of our lives. Oh, okay, yeah. Like those three jackholes that ruined the internet for everybody. Exactly. (laughs) That's the FCC, but yeah, they're jackholes. But yeah. Um, So this one came out in December, and it's called Justice Interrupted. Okay. So um, uh, the show got started because, well, this particular episode is actually a mini-sode of theirs, and they did it because they were working on a show about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG. Course, who's the Supreme Justice, or RBG, and they noticed something kind of awful. They were listening to hours and hours of transcript from uh-huh. the court. So, fun fact that you need to continue through the rest of this podcast, you've got to know that when a lawyer is presenting a case to the Supreme Court Justice, um, they can present to the justices and they have 30 minutes. Ooh. The justices can stop and at least to present their case yeah. and then and then they'll go back and forth. But the justices can interrupt them and ask questions, um, but that still counts towards their 30 minutes. Ooh, yikes. And the rule on paper is that if a justice starts speaking, the lawyer stops. Yeah. You do not interrupt the justice, but the justice may interrupt you. You cannot the, speak until you've been spoken to. Exactly. Exactly. Which, you know, they're Supreme Court sure. justices. They deserve they that uh, honor and respect. So they are, like I said, they're doing this show about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and they start noticing she's being interrupted. <gasps> she's being interrupted, particularly by men. And men. so um, they they took a look at this, and they, they kind of stopped the podcast, and they're like, okay, women out there, raise your hand if you're surprised. Right, like no, like all women are like yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like they, they're like, men are no. like, what are you talking about? They're like, they're like, no, no one can get away from it. They play Kanye like with Taylor. Taylor Swift. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> no, you did not. They play <laughs> clips of our dear president, the stable genius that he is, <laughs> like interrupting. Very smart. I'm like very smart. And um, okay, so but let's like quantify it. So they went back to 2004 all the way through 2015, but they did slip in a couple of years prior to that when Sandra Day O'Connor was on the court, and they they took the data and how they did it was not by actually listening to the audio, but they took written transcripts oh, yeah. of the courts and in the transcript, anytime there's an interruption, there's a, a dash, dash is yep. made. So they go and they calculate all of the dashes. I'm gonna throw up how many dashes. Well, they don't actually give a oh, full number, good, but it's that more, would like, make me puke. more like ratios. And they do have to say, in all honesty, that the most interruptions were actually between two men. Justice Scalia, who's now passed, yes. and Justice Breyer um, interrupted each other more than anything else that they found. Oh, wow. But those two, like, it famously, I guess, didn't get along. Got it. One was very liberal, one was very conservative. And they, uh, 
interrupted each other the very most. But overall, now there are currently three female Supreme Court uh-huh. justices, which is the most we've ever had. And they were overall interrupted three times as many as the men in general. Um, by the lawyers and by the other male justices. They fucking know better. Right? And uh, Justice Kennedy, the old Kennedy family, was the worst offender. Oh. Um, but they were also saying that he may think that he is the most important justice, and a lot of people would agree, because he's the swing vote. He's the most oh. moderate of anybody. Yep. So right. he's... You know, his dick's swinging out there. He's just got the power. I'm sorry, was that not respect of a Supreme Court justice? <laughs> You've been so fucking vulgar this episode. <laughs> well, I get mad about shit. You're going to get a text from your mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm totally going to get yelled at from my mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My so, dad listens to this at work. <laughs> <laughs> I hope with earplugs. Or so. earbuds. Sorry, continue. Sorry. I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what the women did. They were saying they were they were asking. So how do the women handle it? And instead of just boldly interrupting a justice or I mean a lawyer like the other men were doing, they typically say, "Oh, may I ask a question? Sorry, just have a question." Yeah, you know, like the things that they say. Fucking respect. And they say, you know, the three that are on right now, RBG has been on the longest, and she's getting gotten more comfortable <laughs> over the years. Just be like, I got something to say. Uh, no, wait, go back. I got questions. <laughs> Love her. And then they were Justice Sotomayor is a yeah. Latina, and they played a little bit of news coverage and. Um, she got the label bossy, aggressive, sassy. I think my eyes just rolled to the back of back my head. of your head because you know she would not have been called those names. And I'm good. You know, even on some of those news clips, they were pointing out what she wore to court today and the Who shit cares? men don't. Because you know what it. matters? That black robe over top that tells you that she's fucking in charge. Right? And so, in fact, in the last four years this is the last thing I have to say about it. In the last four years have been, with all three female justices, uh-huh. it has been the most. So you would think that they would start getting more of a fair say. <laughs> nope, the interruptions have uh, increased oh. over the last four years, particularly by the other male justices. So I just wanted to point that out, not just not for, for me to continue to bitch and moan. Like I have, maybe this episode should be called Bitching and Moaning. <laughs> did, you get, did you get a tight eight last night? <laughs> I really did. But um, I, I thought it was really interesting, and I wanted I to share agree. it. I agree. I mean, that's the best thing about podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can really learn a lot, and yes. then what do you want to do with that knowledge? Right. So I have a podcast where there's a lot of learning to go on with it. It okay. is called The 3028. It is a Disney podcast. It is about Disney mm. history, Disney history, and more. The 3028. Couldn't fucking tell you what it means. I yeah. tried figuring like, it out. What numbers should I correlate that to? Right? And here's why you and I would ask that kind of question. Because mm-hmm. those of you who know us from this podcast in our personal and professional lives. Big reveal Big coming. reveal. If you don't know who we are. Amy and I both live in Orlando, Florida. And we work at a pretty prime spot in town called... Walt Disney World. Yeah, you've probably heard of it. Maybe heard of it. It's a tiny, you know, little up and coming <laughs> place that we hope, you know, fingers crossed will do well. So um, that's how actually we met working here yeah. at Disney after college. And we have both had a variety of different roles here. I'm currently in merchandise mm-hmm. tech world. Amy, you've said it plenty of times. You're entertainment. In entertainment. And I so make it. I make the show. Make the shows mm-hmm. and the magic. Yeah. I also might make some magic. Okay. Fans. Um, so (laughs) a good friend of mine who I uh, know from my time working in resorts, Mm -hmm. he posted on Facebook the other day, a new podcast that he had just found this 3028 Disney podcast and freaked out because the episode I want to talk about is about resort lobbies. And my buddy is a Mm -hmm. resort manager, huge, you know, into the Disney history in regards to the resorts. And he just, you know, takes it on like a personal challenge to make people love the resorts because, you know, when you're in the resorts, you have to remember Guests are going to be there four to five days. They're in the park for one day, but they are coming back and living with you in resorts. But So this one is called Lobbyology. It's their most recent podcast. And this is where um, the two hosts and I... Lobbyology. Lobbyology. I, like I know. I like it's really that. good. The two hosts are going to count down their top ten favorite lobbies. And they okay. give you some history behind it. And um, they are so good. And I forgot to write down their names. But... Oh, um, so one guy is... I believe he's in Boston. And another one is in Missouri. And the host from Missouri could host a television show or a trivia game night. He has the greatest voice. Like, I want to do some research. Is he a radio host? Mm -hmm. I mean, he knows what he's doing. And these two guys can really carry the show out. So they do it over Skype? Because they do Uh it from, okay. Yeah. And so, but the quality is really 
well done. And so um, they are just big Disney buffs, nerds, love everything, you know, spend their vacations here. And so this, yep. you know, like I said, was about lots the, and lots of people do. A lot of people do. Nine million-ish uh-huh. plus every year. And so, um, like I said, they're going to count down their top ten favorite lobbies. And so I just wanted to run through some because I know you've stayed in some that I haven't. Yeah. I think I've seen every lobby. I think you've seen every lobby. Stayed in is different. Um, So they talk about Pop Century and how Mm -hmm. that is such, you know, part of the value resorts, but it really does showcase like the history of Disney in the um, past couple of decades. Uh And so of course they're going to talk about the Grand Floridian and how it's based off of the um, Hotel del Coronado out in San Diego and how beautiful it is and a lot about like the Eisner time at Disney and how he really did pop up a lot of resorts like Boardwalk which is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and then um these two guys just like lose their mind (laughs) talking about the lodges so of course they love Animal Kingdom Lodge but they love Grand Californian, which I've never been oh, to. Oh, so they were doing both they coasts. They did both coasts uh, for this one. So the Grand Californian is stunning. I have stayed there yeah. on a business trip. It's gorgeous. Exactly. So they were talking about that and, of course, the Polynesian. But is the Polynesian lobby now great or was it then great? Because they recently took out that huge fountain and, yeah, like, I mean, tower of water. There's always a lot of talk about the cultural appropriateness of the Polynesian. Yeah, And, you know, whether we're doing right or wrong by it, the Polynesia. Hawaiians. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they said something that I say every time that the Polynesian just reminds me of that Brady Bunch episode. Where they're out in Hawaii, like you find the little tiki, and so and so falls off. Like it's just so funny. But um, their number one resort, and it's I totally agreed with them because it's my dad's favorite. I've never stayed there, but I'm dying to the Wilderness Lodge. And uh, I yeah. love it there. There's a creek that a starts in the, the lobby lodge. and goes all the way out down into the pool. It's just five beautiful stories. The whole place is amazing. Like I said, listening to these guys just. So excited and elated to be talking about okay. Disney and loving it, and then like knowing that we're here. We've got so many friends that work here. When people come to visit us, how much they love it, and how you can really have a great Disney day at a resort. You don't have to go into a park. That's absolutely true. And so they've been doing this podcast for a couple of years. I highly suggest going back and like clipping through and seeing what sounds great. But I liked it. All right, you Disney files out there. Yeah, a recommendation for you. Exactly. And ending it on a lighter note. <laughs> We talk about voyeuristic I a things, little sassy today. a little bit of murder, some stalking. Yeah. I loved it all. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up because, sure. girl, I need a face mask. <gasps> I need a Maybe face mask. Maybe that'll relax me and, and get me out of this mood I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually really not in a mood. I just feel bad about how, I'm feeling kind of bad about how much I swore. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think it was totally... You know what? When you are passionate about something, Ah, sometimes a swear word is the perfect emphasis. You know how I feel. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. We'll wrap this up. We'll do some face masks. Stay warm with another glass of red wine. Great idea. And in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 12. If you want to check us out across all of the social platforms, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at PodcastRWD. Facebook, as always, is Podcast Rewind. And mm-hmm. hit in that search bar. Leave us a note in the comments. We've gotten some really cool messages this week yeah. and recommendations. And, you know, people asking, like, hey, what should I be listening to? So we really want to connect with you guys there. Absolutely. Hey, you can find what I'm doing. You can follow me at Instagram or Twitter at I'm Amy Randall. Where she may or may not be swearing. Like 280 characters. Who knows? And guys, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Erica Jarvis. So you can see what we are doing this week, what we're listening to, what our thoughts on The Bachelor are. And mm-hmm. as always this week, Amy, regardless of the swearing, I think we should promise one thing. Be kind and rewind. Right. Bye, guys. <laughs>